This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. I am James Seltzer, and uh, I am coming to you, and I am guessing my buddy Jack Fritz is coming to you. A little pissed off tonight after watching the Sunday Night Baseball showing from this Phillies team in a, a big game. The chance to take first place back, uh, full possession now, a half game back at the Braves. But Fritzy, were you as frustrated with the Williamsport showing as I was? Well, first off, it's good to have you back, buddy. I, I have missed Aww, you. Aw, thanks, I, buddy. I have missed talking baseball with you. And I, I tell you what, James, I am in such a mental state where I needed the High Hopes podcast because, listen, I feel like I'm in a, a bunker and there are just <laughs> and there are just takes being flied. You know, there's just shots being fired, and I have to like defend them all at the same time. You know, like Roman Quinn should play over a Dubal Herrera. And, oh yeah, and Justin Bour, and like all this stuff, and Nick Pavetta and Cole Hamels, and I just feel like I am in the bunker, and I'm just getting fired at a lot, and I need this podcast to calm me down. So. What what was a beautiful day for baseball? Like it yeah, was just, we're gonna get into that. Like the best day, I would say. It was like you know for for three years now it's been baseball's dying, baseball's dying, baseball's boring. Today was like a freaking awesome day of just pure bread baseball, and it was really cool seeing everyone engage and whatever. I was so excited to, <laughs> to watch the Phillies tonight, and then they get dominated by Jason Vargas, who freaking stinks. Like, Jason Vargas has a 8 ERA, and it's for good reason, because that guy is absolute trash. And I think this offense is better. I think this offense is good. I think they're going to be fine. But getting dominated by that fraud is embarrassing. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was, just, it was an annoying, annoying game. Yeah, and I think you, you said it pretty well there. Uh, Jason Vargas is absolutely atrocious. And it's look, baseball is a weird game. It's a it's a night to night game. It's a, the ebbs and flows are are drastic, as we saw, and we'll get to as the IOS podcast has not given their their takes on the whole twenty four to four of it. But you know they lose twenty four to four, and then they come back right that day and win the next game and gain in the NL East. So baseball is a weird game like that, and sometimes you have your ace going up against a terrible pitcher, and and you end up losing you know, 10 to one, it's just a strange sport. So I, you know, it's not specifically that it's just that it was Jason Vargas and he stinks. I think it's more that it was a big spot and granted every game matters now where this team is at and where they're at in the division and, and in a crazy wild card race too, Jack, you know, there, there is a, it will get into it, but it's a really tight race right now. The Phillies actually tied right now with two other teams for the wild card spot for that top wild card spot. So um, it, it's pretty crazy. So when you look at it in that spot, after having split the first four with the Mets, a team you're better than in Williamsport on national television. And like you said, Jack, 
the best day for baseball that, I mean, I want the Phillies to play there every year. I want the Phillies to play all their home games there. It was so great watching just the love of baseball and the little leaguers in the stands and like the pitchers who weren't pitching going and sitting with the little leaguers, uh, you know, to watch the game and, and players watching the game with little, uh, the little leaguer games earlier in the day. And then just watching the game there in this, this kind of different place to watch a baseball game, more intimate, more old school. So I'm with you. And, and that's, what's frustrating to me, Jack. It's not just that it was Jason Vargas. It's not just that it's the Mets because the Phillies have really played down to the Mets a lot this season. They haven't played well against the Mets, which is, Strange, but again, baseball. Uh, Jack, for me, it's more the the spot they were in. This is a club that you know has a real chance to make a, a run at the playoffs here, and those are the types of games I feel like you need to win. Yeah, it's just frustrating because, like the the Braves have a terrible weekend. Like the Braves, the Braves have the kind of weekend that should debilitate a young team like that, and for the Phillies not to be able to capitalize that on that against the Mets, it's just. It's just really, really frustrating. And I think the most frustrating part of, the, of it all is that the Mets aren't even a good offensive team. The, the Mets are on, like, they are a worse offensive team than the Phillies. And if you watched all five games of the series, you would think the roles would be reversed. The Mets looked like a very competent offense, and the Phillies looked incompetent. Um, it, it, it was frustrating to a point. Uh, baseball happens. You know, some, like last year's Phillies team that won 66 games had, I think, a little under 500 record against the Nats, who won the division last year, won 90-plus games. Like, sometimes teams just struggle against certain teams. That doesn't mean that I still can't be frustrated when you lose three games to the Mets in a five-game series. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you, and I think you laid that out really well. And, um, again, especially because of the the whole Braves of it all, as – the, the Rockies really did you a favor there. And now, granted, the Rockies, you know, fighting for a wild card spot against you as well in the grand scheme of things. But the Rockies take four straight against the Braves. That one uh, on Saturday night, last night, was so I was watching it. Such a debilitating type of loss. Up 3 nothing in the ninth. Two outs. And the Rockies rally for three. They end up hitting a couple homers in the 10th inning or 11th inning, whatever it was, and end up winning 5-3. to three. And that's a tight, like you said, those are tough losses. And that's why I'm not ready to freak out right now because with this Phillies team, again, a young team, though they've added some some veteran leadership, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks here. But um, I, I think that I'm not ready to freak out as frustrating as it was and as, as annoyed as I am with the weekend's performance because as we've talked about all season long, every time this team is down, every time they face adversity, they bounce back. But... Um, this was certainly, I think, just a real disappointment, this Sunday night game and the series in general, but especially this game, especially let, let's look back at the weekend because I feel like there, there are certain things that, that I'm more okay with, like, you know, the understanding that sometimes Jacob DeGrom just shuts you down. But um, today's loss, I think, certainly the most frustrating. Let's go back to the beginning of it all, Jack, is, uh, you know, obviously I think the the game that that caused the biggest stir in this series, the Mets huh. put up a franchise record, 24 runs, 24 to four. But all uh, anyone wanted to talk about, and all we really care about at this point, is the the dog you know what takes coming out about the embarrassment of baseball. Oh my goodness, baseball. Oh, what an embarrassment for the sport. When I think everyone who listens, I hope, I would hope 
knows that Gabe Kapler absolutely made the right decision to pitch position players in that spot, and they won the next game because of it. And it's a five-game series in four days where you need your bullpen rested, Jack. I know you agree with me, but but throw some takes out uh, about this whole 24-4 thing. This city is just so embarrassing sometimes when it comes to baseball takes. It's just like I feel like people just don't watch baseball. Like I'm so I'm so, like I what in what sense is that embarrassing the game? You are down. You know what's embarrassing is all the all the little errors and how you, the rest of your actual MLB players have played in the field and your pitcher has pitched heading like they were already down eleven runs when you brought in uh, Roman Quinn like. I understand it was three innings. I understand that. And I had to physically produce that whole entire game. You don't, like, you don't think I was you don't think I was frustrated. You don't think I wish they brought in Hector Neris just to, you know, pitch maybe two innings. I was frustrated too. But at the same time, like are you really simple-minded enough to where you can't just step out and be like, "You know what? This makes a lot of sense." Like I feel like with Gabe Kapler, people have just been they are not capable of of just taking zooming out Zooming out for a second, looking at this thing on a holistic level, and being like, "Hey, this actually makes a lot of sense." Let me sit down here and explain it to you. Like, what is so hard to understand about about why would you blow pitchers in a fourteen run game? Like, why would you do that? That is, it was it was it, it's it would be it would be I would be more embarrassed if they actually pitched real pitchers in those games. Like that 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 is embarrassing. That is thinking that you have still have a chance to win a game when you don't have a chance to win a game. Like I just. I, I can't believe the the faux outrage over that. I thought it was ridiculous. Uh, and it, was it embarrassing to the game? No, it was not embarrassing to the game. Now, what, 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 now what I will take away from that is that I thought that Ranger Suarez looked overmatched. I thought that he was missing right down the middle, which he's a guy that is supposed to have really good control. And for him to have that kind of control was a little depressing. Um, he was just missing right down the middle. But the, the fact that they pitched pitchers or pitched position players. That sh- that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter at all. And I, I, the takes were just infuriating for twenty four hours. And they won game two. No one talked about they won game two. Yeah, I know. It was like an afterthought. And that they gained ground in the National League East that day as the Braves lost. They gained a half game in the division. And on top of what you said, Jack, I'll take it a step further with the concept that. Like you said, uh, you'd be more embarrassed if Austin Davis or if, you know, whoever comes in in that spot and Hector Neris to pitch two innings in a 12-run game. In your, I think it would have been malpractice for Gabe Kapler to waste an arm in that spot with another game that day and three more in three days coming up. Uh, especially because you don't know if Zach Effling... What if Zach Evans gets hurt in the first inning of game two? And then you got to throw your bullpen for nine innings. I mean, you know, there's so many variables where you could get completely screwed if you don't... You know, if you waste your position, if you waste your bullpen pitchers there, and and again, taking it a step further, I actually think it's more fun to watch a position player's pitch. Obviously, it sucks when your team's losing by a bunch, and I'm sure the people down at the ballpark who were waiting for game two, like, yeah, it's not a blast, but what what is what are you going to remember more? Watching Scott Kingery, Ephus pitch the ball up to the plate, or remember Austin Davis in a 16 to four game or whatever it was? I, I just think. I, I can't get over the outrage. I, I think it's so ridiculous. And you know who else enjoyed that? The players. Because if you're ever in a dugout, if you're ever in a, in a baseball dugout, what is the, what is the dichotomy of that, of that dugout? It is position players think they can pitch and pitchers think they can hit. And they always think that they can do one thing better than the other. And that is just a perfect example of, hey, maybe you can't do that. 
like I, it was it was perfectly fine. It was perfectly normal. And again, like the the, the takes were just out of control. He did not disrespect the game. He's playing twenty eighteen baseball. He is not. Like, it's just it's just it, it's honestly fundamentally smart. That's a good way to put it. It's fundamentally smart. All right, uh, they win game two. Not much to to really take away. Other than Velasquez does not pitch well, Jack, and uh, Too the bullpen. Yeah, the bullpen able to kind of keep him in it. Uh, not a great one there. There's a big start coming up for him against Washington. Eight, eight. Potentially Velasquez's biggest start of the season. Two straight bad ones, but he looked so good before then. But I want to talk about a guy who is making a legitimate run at this uh, young thing. And though we saw another guy on the other team do it the next day, but Aaron Nola just another outstanding, dominant, whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever labor you want to put on it type of performance, seven, one run innings, 11 strikeouts, just the ball was moving. Like he's like a witch out there, the way he can move the ball. Jack, what did you see from Nolan and take away from that four two victory on Friday? Yeah. I mean, Nola is just, he's just on another level and like, obviously DeGrom, I think DeGrom's better and that's not really like a take or a slight, Towards Aaron Nola, it's just that Degrom is basically Nola, except he has ninety-seven in his back pocket rather than Nola's ninety-four. Um, but it's just that Nola, nothing. There's he's he's perfectly calm in every situation. Doesn't matter if it's a playoff race. Doesn't matter if it's a pennant chase, uh, a random start in April. Like the guy is just calm, cool, collected. And right now he's he has three pitches. He can pitch. He can he can throw it in any scenario. And it, and it doesn't matter because he feels confident in throwing every single one for strikes. What 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 makes me the most excited coming off of that start is that I thought that was his best curveball of the season. And if, if we're just getting Aaron Nola's best curveball of the season, like I don't know how good he could be for the stretch run. And um, I just thought he was he just he's just downright he's just brilliant. He's brilliant. I've said it before. Like he's he's a modern day Greg Maddox. He is a he is a middleman's Pedro Martinez. He is all of those things, and the fact that Pete McCannon and his fraud ass thought that he was a number three starter, just it was. It, he said he was a number three starter at the end of last season. <clears throat> like that is that is embarrassing. And the fact that the people wanted that guy to continue to be the manager of this team is is utterly ridiculous because that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Aaron Nola is an ace. He is a top five pitcher in the game, and. Every fifth day, you have a chance to win no matter what ball, no matter, no matter who you're going against, you're going to have a chance to win that ball game. I don't know. Like, I think Aaron Nola right now, let's talk about this, James, for a second. Mm-hmm. If you needed one win, where does Aaron Nola rank? Like, I think, I think Scherzer. And in S- all of baseball, yeah. Scherzer, you put in front of him. Scherzer, Sale. Uh, yeah, and I think now that, that Kershaw is back healthy and pitching like Kershaw, I think you have to put Kershaw there. Perfectly fine. DeGrom? DeGrom. That's four. Man, uh, I think Verlander's in the discussion. I, I, I wouldn't say I'd automatically put him there, but I, I think you'd have to consider putting him ahead of Nola, but it's close. Um, I oh. mean, I, I think I'd put Nola to James Paxton. Paxton's probably pretty high on my list. Severino has been really bad lately. I think you have to take yeah, Nola man. over him. Nola's better than him and Paxton, yes. Um, 
It's really he's it's really crazy how high up he is. We're what? definitely missing someone. Bumgarner hasn't been great. Right, but he's still Bumgarner. He's the, still Bumgarner. I would take Bumgarner in a, in a must-win game, obviously based on his history. But, at the same time, but your point holds. Yeah, right. He's still a top six six ish option in the entire game, and it's not even because he's such an unbelievable pitcher, but it's that he you know he will not get phased in that situation. Like Aaron Nola will not get rattled at all, and I I just I don't think. We like even me and you, and even the listeners of this podcast, and John Marks, and everyone associated with High Hopes, which I mean, I need the High Hopes crew <laughs> so bad right now. Uh, I don't even think we understand how good Aaron Nola is. Like Aaron Nola right now has a, if the season ended today, would have a would ha- would have a better season than Roy Halladay had in 2011. Roy Halladay in 2011 at 2.35 ERA. Now of course he pitched uh, 30 more innings at this point, but. Still, I mean, we're talking about Roy Halladay. Roy Halladay was the best pitcher of the 2000s. And Aaron Nola is having a better statistical season than Roy Halladay had in his best season as a pro in his, like, 11th year? Like, it's, it's crazy how good this guy is. Yeah, I'm with you. Look, I think, uh, I think that's kind of been a theme with Nola. I think all of us, even the people who watch him every day, have continually underrated him. And only this season are we starting to see and and really see the guy that he is and the upside that he has. And he's 24 years old too, Jack. He's 24. Think about that. You think about uh, Cole Hamels was 24 during that 2008 run. And, and Hamels was amazing, obviously, especially in the playoffs. Aaron Nola right now is a, a better pitcher than Cole Hamels was in that spot. He's 25 and now, by the way. Nola's 25. He just turned 25. All right. But either way, like he's a better pitcher than he was, than Hamels was at that age. And that's definitely saying something too. Um, I'm with you, man. I, I think that as a uh, a city, as a fan base, and certainly nationally, Nola not getting the crazy deserves. I don't know if I agree with uh, you and Joe Giglio's take that he is better at pitching than Carson Wentz is as a quarterback. I don't listen. I, I don't even think that's much of a take. I think it's pretty clear. Like, oh my goodness! I look. I I I get it, but and obviously this is such a stupid thing to try and compare because it's really impossible to do. But I think that. I think that Carson. I think being a quarterback is so much harder. First of all, um, so, oh, kind of. I mean, I like, think it is. It's it's one it's one throw to one spot. This guy has to manipulate three different pitches. One throw to one spot. He has to throw to guys on the move in all kinds of different situations with guys trying to cover them and guys trying to take the ball away. Uh huh. More impressive. But either way, which is more impre- I, which is more impressive? You know what? Let's let's no let's, no no, uh, no 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 no. Which is more impressive? Thirty three yes. and six or a two two four ERA? Probably thirty three and six. Oh stop! Thirty three and six happens every year. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and also, just I mean, like we are underrating what Wentz does. Like I'm talking about being a quarterback. What that dude does is a uh, from the brain power on the field, from the recognition, from the athleticism, like everything. I think that Carson Wentz is ultimately a better quarterback than Aaron Nola is a pitcher. But look, it, we're splitting hairs. I think I think the point, I think that the fact that it's close at all is something that a lot of people would be surprised So by. I think a lot of people wouldn't think about it that way. So is Nola the third best athlete in the city? Um, I think Embiid's the best athlete. Yeah, I, I think it's Embiid, Wentz, and Nola, and then probably Ben Simmons after Nola. I think that's fair. I think it's a very fair ranking. Yeah. I agree. And, and and Nola versus Wentz is just splitting hairs. And also, also, isn't it crazy that Philadelphia right now has four 
maybe five, maybe six. There's so many studs that are 25 and under. Like the yeah, how about Reese Hoskins? I mean, all the numbers, you know, he just finished his first 162-game stretch. Yep. 43 homers, a mid-900s OPS. In your first 162 games, that's absurd. Ridiculous. That's that's all-time great type stuff right there, and obviously a long way to go, but like in terms of just his first 162 games, it doesn't get that much better than what that guy did. Um, it's a great point, Jack, and that's what's so exciting about this Phillies team is is kind of the the – how good they are right now, and yet how much brighter the future is. Uh, all right, moving on to Saturday. As uh, not really much to say, like we said before, Jacob Degrom is like Nola, one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he was just awesome. And he pitched a complete game, and that happens. Yep. What did you see from Arietta? I didn't think Arietta looked great, but I thought he was he was solid. Yeah, he he looked really comfortable early. Um, he's just. I think what we've got to learn is there's going to be some, like, watching watching Jake Arrieta on, on most nights is a frustrating experience just because, like, it's like, man, another ball, another ball, but here's a nice little two-seam and whatever. Uh, I thought Arietta sported probably his best curveball this season. He, he really threw some nice ones. Um, I just think, I think he is what he is at this point. He's not going to strike out a, t- a ton of guys. He's going to get a ton of ground balls, and hopefully that day, his his two seamer is running and and his sinker is running and uh, guys just hit it into the ground. I I don't think we're ever gonna see straight up dominance from from Jake Arrieta. Like even his start in Arizona, it was a lot of ground balls. It was a lot of balls put in play that just happened to be right at people, and that, that was great. Like if he can be if he can be 2004 Derek Lowe, like I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, it's just that I think we kind of have to change our expectation with him. Uh, he does, certainly doesn't have the upside of the other guys in the rotation, but if he can be a solid number four or five, they can go out there. Uh, six innings, less than two runs. I will take it every single time. Um, and that's kind of where he's at right now. Against the Padres, he had a bad start, balls over the place. I thought this start, he was much more comfortable. He was really uh, able to get around his pitches. When he's really struggling, it feels like he's cutting himself off and he just can't finish glove side. And I thought against the Mets, he was much better at uh, getting through the baseball and it had a nice sink, and he looked comfortable and, and, and fine. Uh, but I think that mostly it's just going to be a, an adjustment of watching Jake Arrieta. Yeah, I think more often than not, that's what you get. I mean, that Red Sox start, he was pretty awesome and, he was. and flashed some great stuff. I still think you can see not peak Jake Arrieta, but really good Jake Arrieta. And, uh, you know, again, you, you like what he's done in big games in his career so far. But um, I'm with you. Look, I think that Arietta is kind of one of those you're not sure what version of that guy you're going to get from start to start and that can definitely be frustrating uh i forgot to mention by the way how about uh michael franco getting an infield hit and a stolen base on friday night and yeah. then jorge alfaro running all day everybody's stealing on no Syndergaard. that was i had forgotten coming into that game uh that Syndergaard can't hold anybody on but it's really it's really stark to watch it happen all I wanted to see was Wilson Ramos play that night just to see if he could even steal a base. Yeah, if, he probably could have. Alfaro had a couple, didn't he? Yeah, but Alfaro was, like, fast. Like, Alfaro's yeah. fast for a catcher. But for a catcher. if Wilson Ramos could have stolen a I mean, if, if Michael Franco stole a base, it doesn't get that much slower than Michael. Right. But Ramos is slower, I agree. Ramos but is, I'm, like really slow. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, uh, on to uh, – back to today, which I think – 
the most frustrating, obviously, of the losses, as I know, I'm sure a lot of people, 24 to four was, and that was definitely a bummer. But with the winning the the second game that day, I think that took a lot of the edge off that one. But this one, off day tomorrow, a much needed off day. They played a lot of games in uh, a short period of time. I think like 11 and 10 days or something like that. So they can certainly use the day off. But um, it is uh. It's going to be a frustrating day tomorrow, Jack. You know that. The, the takes will be flying. People will be mad. And again, I understand it from the perspective of, of they should have won that game. That's the type of game that you need to win. But what do you make of the fact that, that they just have not played the Mets well all season? And I know we talked a little bit before about just you know baseball being weird sometimes. But I think there are also some spots where certain teams match up well against other teams do you think that's a case of that, or, or is this just more the Phillies playing down to bad competition like we've seen them do all, we've seen them do also this season? Yeah, I mean, it seems like they kind of just play down to it, uh, and specifically against the Mets, they they really do. Uh, and I just, you know, it's kind of just baseball. Like sometimes you struggle against one team for a whole year. Sometimes you're good against a team for a whole year. This 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 year just feels like the Mets have just had our number and. That's kind of the way it goes. I don't know what else we can really say at this point. Like the Mets have just been better than us this year, and sometimes that's just the the game. I mean, last year the Phillies, who won sixty six games, they, they were good against the Nationals, and I'm sure down in Washington that frustrated Nationals fans. Like, wow, this Phillies team stinks. Uh, I can't believe that we lose to them. But that's just kind of the nature of the game. And yeah, maybe the Phillies do play play down to the competition. I'm trying to think of like personally, and yeah, it it does happen sometimes. Like sometimes you head into uh, the Padres series recently. Are you talking about yourself personally? Well, I'm trying to think of like in the clubhouse, and sometimes it it does happen. It's just natural. It's like you look at the record and you're like, well, we can just roll into this game and win. Uh, it's it's a shame that they do that against so many bad teams, but it does it does feel like a team that just gets up for the big games. And uh, I mean, it would be very twenty. 2018 Phillies to come out and win two of three against this Nationals team because they realize that it's the Nationals and they have a chance to bury them. Like, that would be so Phillies. Um, but, yeah, it, it, they, they do play down the Mets. The Mets just have their number. I don't know what else we can really say about it at this point. They just, they just don't play well against that team. It's a great point about them getting up for big – I mean, you think about the both Red Sox series. They come off the first time, you know, losing three straight to the Reds. This time coming off the Padres, and then they go and you know falter against the Mets as well. After it really is interesting how this team does seem to really get up for for the big games and and kind of uh, more often than not play down to the bad teams. And like you said, I think you know we always forget. I try and always you know put this into when you're you're analyzing or talking about things or whatever. I, I try and always remember that they're human beings and not these. You know, robot baseball players who should be reacting the way I think that they should in any situation. I mean, sometimes, like you said, Jack, it's sometimes you just don't get up for for a game. And and I don't think the Sunday night tonight's game that I don't think there's an excuse for that. I mean, that was a big game on national television at Williamsport, all that. But I I do think that on a macro scale, I think you're right about that. I think that sometimes it's just harder to get yourself up for the the worst teams. I mean, we see that in a lot of sports as well. Um, before we kind of look ahead, well, uh, I wanted to go ahead, Jack. Well, I just want to talk about Pavetta for a second. Cause I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, how could I, I buried the lead here. I should have opened the show asking you about Pavetta. I was frustrated, especially after that first inning. He looked good. Yeah. And, uh, listen, I think Nick Pavetta is going to be a very, very good pitcher in this league. And he, he's only 25. And I know 
a lot of people, a lot of a lot of Phillies fans get frustrated with Nick Pavetta, and believe me, I do too. Like I get frustrated watching Nick Pavetta as, as well. But the most thing I get frustrated with Nick Pavetta is is that he is he is just dying to to get a third pitch, and he needs a third pitch so freaking bad it is remarkable. Like he is he has it's just so easy as a hitter in the major leagues. You you can throw ninety seven all that stuff wherever you want, but when you have two pitches, it just it just when when batters can eliminate one pitch and only sit on like your fastball, they'll catch up to ninety seven. Like that's that's what they did tonight. They singled him to death, and it, it stunk to watch. It was frustrating, but like Nick Pavetta is a, a he is a splitter or like a split change up, just one of those kind of pitches away from he he could be a, a Cy Young winner. Like he could be that freaking good and this offseason if he just doesn't if he doesn't hunker down and 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 learn a third pitch and i i hope it's a splitter i hope it's like a split changeup or something that kind of falls off the table and is something that can get out lefties he's just not going to reach the ceiling that he has like nick pavetta probably has the second highest ceiling on this team uh outside of aaron nola and until he learns that third pitch he's just not going to reach it and if he doesn't if he doesn't learn that third pitch just put him in the bullpen. Like two pitches plays up in the bullpen. That's perfectly fine. But if you want to be a legitimate starter, get a third pitch because against lefties, they foul ball him to death because he he doesn't have a pitch that can get him out. They they spit on the curveball and they sit on the fastball. Like that's just what it is. And uh, tonight was just another example of that. He pitched uh, pretty well against the Diamondbacks, but even in those last couple starts, his 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 curveball hasn't been as dominant as it was. And I was I'm I'm excited uh, given his last couple of starts, but. I still left those starts feeling a little bit underwhelmed because it felt like there was moments in each game, in each game that he has pitched well since the All-Star break, where teams could have capitalized. And until he learns the third pitch, I'm always going to be pretty nervous watching Nick Pavetta. And that's all i got to say about that. There's a lot of Nick Pavetta geeking out right there. Um, Cranny, get at it. Get him a third pitch. What are you doing? I know. Get to it. We, we, on, we, we give you a lot of credit here now. So we have to get Rick Cranitz on the podcast. That's our next. Yeah. Let's get him goal. on. And then we're going to ask him when are you going to give him a third pitch? Yeah. Well, um, I think if, if we got Cranitz on the podcast, do you think you'd consider bringing me on the staff? It's a close one. Man. Wow. That was a long pause. Um, you really thought about yeah, that. Well, I'm really thinking about it. Um, man, no, mm. I'm going to say no. Okay. That's fair. I'm, I I thought about it. I really didn't. I didn't just have asked that. I really thought about it. All right, Jack, two more things real quick before we, we kind of look ahead here. Um, the, you mentioned it before, but the Odubo Quinn debate, uh, man, I'm already tired of it. And it's just starting up here. Is I've already had like four yeah. different people be like, do you think Quinn should start ahead of Odubo? Stop. Stop it. And I get it. I get it. Look, I think that Quinn brings some nice things to this team and I really think that ultimately especially if you're in the playoffs he's a legit weapon as a bench player he's a guy who's a switch hitter that's so valuable he's a guy who can give you a pinch runner so valuable guy can play uh give you an outfield defense replacement he is such a more valuable piece coming off the bench than he is a starter but more so and I'm sure Jack is gonna hammer this home but if Odubel can get it going and, and just get locked in even a little bit he's just a much better player than Roman Quinn and I like I think Roman Quinn, I think in a pinch he can bring you a lot of energy to this to this lineup. Uh but like like it just it hurts my brain. It it, it really hurts my brain. The guy this year, now everyone has this whole like, 
oh my god, he got to get Roman Quinn in the lineup. The guy has a 293 OBP. Like, what are you talking about? You want to <laughs> bat that guy leadoff? Like, if you want to bat Roman Quinn leadoff, just just quit talking about baseball for the rest of your life because you are an embarrassment and you are dumbing down the rest of this city. Like, Cesar Hernandez has had a has had a, it looks like he's playing a little sluggish. And I, I fully recognize that. Cesar Hernandez also has an OBP of 360. If you think that that an OBP of 360 is less valuable than a guy who gets on base at a 293 clip and sometimes steal, steals a base, like just just have your baseball watching card revoked. Like it's just embarrassing. That doesn't make any sense. Like fundamentally, if I sat you down, no matter if you're an analytics guy or not an analytics guy, and I said to you, this guy gets on base uh, 70% more than this other guy, but this other guy may steal a base when he does get on base. Which are you gonna? Which which one are you gonna choose? You're gonna choose the likely outcome that the guy gets on base because getting on base is more important than the the threat of possibly stealing a base. Now, if you want to bat Roman Quinn in the in the nine hole sometimes and maybe flip over the lineup, that's 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 perfectly fine. But I've heard so many like Roman Quinn should should bat leadoff because he sometimes steals a base. Like I think that is that is very stupid. Like that is just a stupid opinion. And I think Roman Quinn is fun. I think when he gets on base, it's electrifying. And when he hits a triple, but like a double Herrera is gonna like he's the the streakiest hitter in Major League Baseball. He batted 360 for the first 40 games of the season and has batted like 220 since that. And I thought tonight was actually a really big step forward. I thought his at bat in the third inning was his best at bat in a month. He was locked in. And Gabe talked to him yesterday. And Gabe said to him, listen, you are the catalyst of this team. You can carry this team. We need your swagger back, and we need your energy. And I thought Adubo, for the most part tonight, played with more energy and more focus. And I know he had this kind of mental error in center field in the eighth inning, allowed Ploiecki to score the ninth inning. Uh, but also, like, he tried to cut it off. It hits the ball. If it hits the wall, Ploiecki scores anyway. Like, he was also playing over in freaking right center field and whatever. And he has had a bad defensive season. I thought Adubo Herrera heading into the season was a good defensive outfielder. And he was. Legitimately, both eye test and analytics both backed it up that Adubo was a good defensive center fielder. I, thought he, I think he's taken a step back this season. But that doesn't mean that an engaged Adubo Herrera can't get back to the levels that we saw earlier this season. And yes, it's been a tough stretch here. But you also don't really know when the Adubo Herrera hot streak is coming. And that's what makes him so volatile. But if it comes and you miss it, because he's on the bench for Roman Quinn, who, again, gets on base at a 293 clip this season, you're going you're, you're gonna miss the playoffs. And it feels like in a double hop streak, we are just due for one. And it feels like he is starting to get back locked in mentally. It's a fiery rant. You're throwing slanderous words at lots of people. I love it. I don't. Whatever. I don't, uh, I don't I, care. I, I, I agree. I agree. I'm just. I'm, I'm so. I'm there. just so done with the takes in this. I. I, 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 I yo, you want calm down, buddy? No, I. I can't calm down. Calm I can't. No, down. no, 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 no. It's all good. I, 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 I legitimately cannot calm down. I. I just. I just. Can't. Just take it in stride. Help. Help to educate. Help to try and set the takes straight, Jack. Boy, Don't let them affect you so much. You really did see a lot of fish this last weekend, didn't you? <laughs> I did see some fish, and it was awesome. But um, that has nothing to do with with. Uh, sometimes you just gotta let it roll off your back, Jack. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Real quick. 
Uh, Williamsport, we mentioned it before. It was, it really was amazing. I don't think we can emphasize enough just what a cool baseball experience and baseball watching experience it was. Even like I said, down to the stadium and the different feel of of how the game felt and all that. But um, Fritz, where where else should they play a game? You know, where where what's the next spot that they could do this at? You know, like they did the the Winter Classic originally, and now it moves over all all around the you know to different places across the country and say in different cities. What well, what what else could they do with this? Like uh, obviously, you know, not just go to some little league field somewhere. Even though I wouldn't hate that, but but what could they do that could be fun? Where where should they play a baseball game? Well, maybe they have like a Hall of Fame game, like a. a- at double day, uh, but at, yeah, double day. They have not like played there in, in a long time. Right, I think that'd be cool if you if you bring out all the Hall of Famers. And we're, the funny the funniest part about that whole thing is that they would all hate watching the game. Uh, oh, great! They would all just they would all just be bitching to each other about how horrible the modern baseball product is. But I would enjoy it. I think it'd be kind of cool. Uh, really, I mean, Cooperstown's the only one that kind of jumps out. Is like that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't think I don't think the MLB does enough of at Cooperstown. Like. Cooperstown's a really fun trip, uh, and especially if you're a, uh, a young kid, if you ever played in the Cooperstown tournament. My team never played in it, and I don't think I will ever get over it. I'm so mad that I was never on a travel Clearly, team. Clearly, you're, you're bringing it up right now. Yeah, I, I was, like, what, what are we doing? We're on a travel team. We're in Westchester, which is, some say, the hotbed of baseball talent in the entire country because uh, I came from there. And, <laughs> and you know, we're not going to take our talents, talents to Coopers, Cooperstown? I thought that was ridiculous. Um, but I think, I think Cooperstown is, uh, underrated by major league baseball and, and is underutilized. You know what else is underutilized? They should bring back old timers games. I don't know why they don't have those anymore. Those were great. What? Like Yankee stadium having like Yogi Berra. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun watching these old dudes out there yeah, hitting but baseballs and running around. It was great. I'd be so cynical watching those games. Cause if they walked, I would just start yelling like, Oh, Nice walk. What are you working for? Your OBP or like, because <laughs> I would, I would have no less than ten beers and head into that game and just be firing off just angry takes that they've been throwing at modern baseball for the last. couple Like of years. I said, like I said, it would be awesome. Bring back the old timers game. All right, Jack. Uh, uh, off day today. Then three in Washington. Then three in Toronto. We'll be back to talk to you guys before the three in Toronto, which is three. You hope they win a series and don't play down to the competition. But like you said before, the chance to bury this Washington team, Velasquez, Eflin, and Nola go for the fills in the three. But unfortunately, you get about the toughest draw you're going to get sure from do. a Nationals perspective. Roark, Strasburg returning, and then Scherzer. How are you feeling about this series coming up? As, as again, it's kind of a big one coming off this kind of Mets disappointment here. Uh, I feel good because this Phillies team is going to win two of three. Because that would just be about the most 2018 Phillies thing they could possibly do. Any, anytime I try to get a read on this team, it just ultimately becomes the complete opposite. Uh, so I'm just gonna I'm going to go into this series saying they're gonna take two of three because that would be something that April Jack would not have said. But I just I just trust this team now. And what sucks? Well, it sucks and it's also awesome at the same time that it's gonna be Nola Scherzer. Um, I'm actually surprised it's not Arietta Scherzer because Arietta gets every big start <laughs> like this entire season. Um, but Nola Scherzer is just going to be a geek fest, and I it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. I can actually watch that game. Well, yeah, I'm actually going to be able to watch that game. 
Might be might be able to maybe record a little high hopes during that game. Yeah, yeah. That that'll sounds be, like fun. That'll be my last high hopes uh, before I get married. Before you become a married man. And Costa Rica, it up, baby. So I'm gonna shout be, out to Fritzy. So like I like, what do I do in Costa Rica? Like I I can't not be focused on the Phillies. Like it's gonna be tough, man. I don't know what I'm gonna I don't do. Know. It, it, it's your honeymoon. It I is think, my honeymoon, uh, but also I think it's fair to to take your mind off the Phillies for a week or whatever. He, I think the, check the scores and all that, but don't be like saying, "Jill, we got to find a bar to watch the Phillies," and I don't think that's okay. Yeah, but you know, people say, "Oh, it's so nice to disconnect," and I just totally disagree. Like, <laughs> like I I I don't wanna I don't wanna disconnect. I wanna be a part. I got. I'm I'm nervous. I need to find some uh, Costa Rican friends that we can watch the game with. Yeah, I'm sure there's a ton of Phillies faithful down there. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Maybe I'll go scout some talent as well and see if I, I can. I like this. Yeah. I like this. I the, agree. The rarely, the rarely tapped Costa Rican player market. Right. I could be the first yeah. one. I like you could. Yeah, this is a, a budding career for you, a advanced Costa Rican scout. Yeah, well, I was, I was mad at Jim Jackson yesterday because he had the – uh, director of advanced scouting on for the Phillies, and I said, "Hey Jim, there's a guy behind the glass right now that would love to get involved, and you didn't throw your your boy a bone. Like, what are we doing? It's outrageous. I know, I know, but I'm excited, you, Jim. I'm, I'm while I'm excited to be married and excited for Costa Rica, I'm just excited for the 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 Costa Rican coffee because I heard it's just tremendous, and I I like coffee. Look at you! It's actually a food item you like, so that's nice. That's not um, true. I'm, I'm <laughs> 15 pounds overweight. Tell me how I don't like food. Oh, Fritzy! Um, look, I'm excited to talk to you one more time before the wedding. We'll have a little fun with that next time. Is Jack and Jill? Yes, Jack and Jill will be getting wed uh, next weekend. And Very excited. Maybe to a, be there for all that and all that. Maybe a live high hopes from the wedding. That is the plan potentially. If possible, certainly if nothing else, we'll, we'll, we'll record some audio from the wedding. I don't know if people want to listen to me and Mark's like gathering into our phones, but we might. Yeah, I mean, I'll, might. I will have I will have takes. That's all I got to say. <laughs> this guy, it's your wedding and your honeymoon. Enjoy it. Um, all right. Fritz and I will be back uh, on Thursday. Maybe Mark's, maybe other people. We will see. But either way, we'll be definitely be back to talk a little Nola Scherzer and uh, whatever happens over the next few days here. As well, and uh, again, uh, like like Jack said, I really do think they're going to take two or three here, and I think this team bounces back. That's what they've done all season. I have no reason to believe that just, they just when every, do it here. Just when everyone's out, the Phillies just really are right back in. That's what they do all year. It's all year, and I think it happens again. All right, we'll be back to talk about it either way on Thursday for the soon-to-be-married Jack Fritz. I'm James Seltzer. I'll talk to you guys soon.